Uh, next guest is Luella Matthews. Good morning to you, Luella. Good morning, Richard. There we go. How are you going today? Uh, you know, a little just waking up on a Sunday morning. <laughs> well, I, 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 um, I hear you're actually um, off to Fiji, so like that's yes. that's a, that sounds exciting. <laughs> what, literally in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, so you've got to keep it brief. We'll be we'll be yeah, out of your hair in twenty minutes. Waiting downstairs, and he's got the bag. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. So, Luella, I'm assuming that you're feeling a little bit dusty today after birthday celebrations yesterday. Tell us, happy birthday, birthday, by the way. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I had amazing an amazing night. Um, there's a newish restaurant called Longshore, um, which is in Chippendale, and um, it's ran by Dot and the team. And we just had an incredible night, and of course, we had incredible wine. So, <laughs> well, I've, I haven't lived in Sydney since 2006, so I'm sure Chippendale's changed a lot since then. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, inner city inner city <laughs> dining. Fantastic. There was like Oscillate Wildly and a few places we used to go. Oh, and I remember Oscillate. That was Wildly a great restaurant Town. up in oh, Spewtown. Yeah, I loved I loved that yeah. place. So I mean that the notion of that like suburban restaurant in Sydney has it gone back into the city or is it out? What's going on? Um, it's both. I think because I hate to say COVID, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> I hate right. to bring it up, but I think everyone's sick of it. But I think that really kind of put people back in their suburbs a little bit, and yeah. they had that really kind of parochial nature. Um, where they lived. Now, because I have a lot of sites in the city, I can start to feel tourism's ramping up again, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, but you can just feel the energy is just shifted in like the last month, and I'm like, oh, it's we're going to have a good Christmas this year, I think. Great. Oh, that's correct. Yeah. So you, you yeah. so your congratulations, by the way, on your new-ish gig. Um, <laughs> are there, are, are, do you have any venues more around that area, the Chimmerdale area? Yeah, uh, not around that area. We're very um, city-based, so we're city yeah. Sydney Tower. Oh, we're uh, we're even the in the North Shore as well. Or North Shore, Taronga Zoo, out at Mossman. Um, yes. We've got a beautiful restaurant there as well. But yeah, more like city CBD based. And how, yes. how many how many venues are we talking about, Luella? Uh, we're talking about twenty. Restaurants. <laughs> wow, that's and that's, then we that's, do, that's going to keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. And we do a few. We do a lot of contracts as well, so we do a lot of catering. So I keeps me on my toes. Every every email is different. Every venue is different. Every yes. needs are different. But it's so much fun. Honestly, I I think I wear so many different hats, and I that's something that I really love about my job. Well, that's that's the thing too, isn't it? Because you get after a while in in the same job, you just start to get a bit bored, don't you? So you need something to challenge yeah. you in 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 new ways. And twenty venues across the city, that, that's that's challenging. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also a very different move. I mean, I so Bebo. Uh, for anyone in, in Sydney, you would know Bebo Wine Bar in Double Bay, one of my absolute favourite places. I actually did an awesome seventeen vintage vertical tasting of Stonewell there back in May. Uh, but you you were headed up there. How long were you at Bebo? Oh, I was there for a very long time. So um, I was there What's for like six years and I really, mm. I still love them. Joe, uh, shout out to Joe. He's probably not listening because he was at my birthday party last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still yeah, he's going. Yeah, they're like, you're wild for doing an interview with <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they're just, they do such an incredible job. Jonathan really taught me um the importance of ambience and being an amazing host. And he really, like the vibe that we created at Bebo together, the three of us, it was just, honestly, it's incredible. And when I go back there, I'm like, 
I always think in my head, like, how can I replicate this mm. um, yeah. in, a, in a bigger company? And I always kind of go back to, almost like back to basics. It really is the people. And if the people are happy, everyone's having a good time, then that really kind of resonates on the floor as well. I reckon there's there's certain venues that just like Gerald's Bar in Melbourne, right? It's there's a yeah. vibe about that joint, and you either love it or you don't. There's no one that's ambivalent about it, but you know what you're getting with that vibe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's it does take a long time to build that though, doesn't it? Yeah, and it would have been I think our the third year um, was when we really hit our stride, and almost like we we kind of decided who we were as well. Like we were all you know now. Well, 25 and <laughs> that was my first gig as a head sommelier. So I was working for Rock, at Rockpool before then. Um, and, you know, I, I will always cherish Bebo because I really used that as my platform as much as I could. And it really projected me into the wine scene. Um, the, you know, the events that we created there. The wine list, I, I still have the first wine list saved on my desktop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. Of, I know. I look at it, I'm like, oh, what were you thinking? Uh, <laughs> can I just ask, what, what was it like working with Neil Perry? Oh, that was amazing. You know, yeah, um, yeah. he is he is hospitality. And you can see, mm. you know, Margaret just opened um, down the street from um, Bebo when I was there. And I remember everybody was like, oh, no. And I was like, no, that's amazing for the area. Like, and we, I think we got busier because of it, mm. because yeah. it, you had that kind of cross, cross-pollination and people come to us for a drink first and then go down there. Yeah. It, it, it can yeah. be a different set of customers and that's good for you yeah. because it means you've got more customers, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and bringing new people into the area. There's one thing that guy does. He knows how to open a venue. And, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. one of my mates. Even like, Justin Hems, I have to say that those guys yeah. really know their stuff. Yeah, but, sorry. And Richard. I think they they really like they bring good teams in. They know yeah. they know how to build a really good team, and I think that's you know if I think about my days at Rockpool, like they are my foundations of hospitality. Like how to serve, mm-hmm. you know why I'm so um, <laughs> why I'm so annoying when I go into restaurants mm. and my staff are like oh, she's on my back. I'm like, no, these are the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you can't unknow them. It's, it's there for yeah. life. If I'm setting up for Christmas Day with the family, I'm like, I'm setting the table. Yeah. Well, and those <laughs> those fundamentals, they'll take in for the rest of the... They'll, they'll thank you for that in 10 years' time yeah. because hospitality is a great career if you want to make it great. Um, yeah. I, I think in Europe I've seen more people accept it and it's getting more accepted in Australia is just not people doing hospo because they can't get another job. There are literally, this is a a great thing because think about the joy that you bring to people when you do some of those great events. So what are some of those not negotiables for you when it comes to wine service? Um, I, everybody laughs at me, but I'm like, you have to hold the wine like a baby. Uh, (laughs) Doesn't matter if it's, you know, $30 a bottle or $60 a bottle or $100 a bottle, um, hold the wine like a baby. Um, But, you know, I'm pretty flexible. Like, I've got all those fundamentals, but I don't like to push them too hard because sometimes stuff, it's almost like they'll take them verbatim and you're like, no, there's always, it's almost like you have to teach them, but teach them when to to break. Well, that was a great quote that my, actually my, the group beverage manager at Trippers White, he was like, that's 
that's hospitality. When you're good at hospitality, you know when you can break the rules or not. That's when you're yeah. good at it. And it's so true. Yeah. I remember just doing a few shifts as a som, and it was it wasn't my gig. I didn't it was it didn't I, I couldn't relate to it. Um, but I got to this. There was this a group of Italians who'd come over. This was at um, Mays in in Melbourne, and I was pouring out some deep red wine for this group. And this woman was wearing like white suede oh, no. Dolce and Gabbana pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally, I just gave her the bottle and I said, you can pour it yourself, sister, because I don't want to ruin those amazing pants. And she poured it and all of the sums were like, well, what are you doing? You don't know how to do your job. And I got a $600 tip for that table yeah. just because I didn't ruin this chick's pants, right? So <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, you've got to know when to when to just change up, don't to you? To hand over the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. no way. I wasn't going to ruin that chick's pants. No way. That's hilarious. Yeah. Luella, can we take a little bit of a step back and yeah. and go into how you actually got to where you are and your love of wines and champagnes? But start with you actually are a country girl from Orange, which obviously is a very well known wine region now. But your family had nothing to do with wine, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, my mum doesn't drink, and my dad likes beer and whiskey. Defying <laughs> <laughs> all the rules. <laughs> so, so uh, when it comes to, uh, so I, I guess I, I got in touch with you because I, I, I saw your gorgeous little report on the fact that it is Champagne Day coming up on Friday, twenty seventh of October. So yeah, everyone's yeah. going to have to crack something yummy. And I know that uh, <laughs> one of your venues, Rain, a beautiful venue in Sydney, uh, that they're, they're doing. We'll do a bit of a spruik of that shortly. But I actually love the sparklings from Orange. I think that you know people like Swift. Everyone, they're doing some great stuff. So. Do you drink many of those local wines or what's, what's yeah, your take? Yeah, I'm, I, that's what I love about um, a lot of our venues as well. Like they really push New South Wales wine, like Sydney Opera House, we have an event space in there, the Yellow Monday mm-hmm. Rooms, and they push, like they all push for local wines, which I think yes, is they fantastic. Should. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I am, I love orange. I'm like, I'm so biased. Because orange is number one, but... It's really interesting to see from when I was there to how much it's grown, even like how sophisticated the marketing is and how they're really kind of pushing themselves as a pre- one of the, well, if not the premium wine region in New South Wales. Like Hunter Valley, of course, is always mm. number one. It's always a bit closer to the city. But mm. when it comes to sparkling wine, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Syrah, mm. Mm. yeah. They're doing really good things. And you can see that second generation is coming through now as well and nice. starting to make some really exciting wines. So, yeah. And yeah. what about um, what about on your trip to Fiji? How many bottles have you packed in your suitcase <laughs> yes. to take? You know, I just, are you just going to drink cocktails by cocktails. the pool? No. <laughs> I just want to drink really bad mojitos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really bad. <laughs> Load up the sugar. Let's um, go. This is a no, non, because usually my holidays include wine or like we go to a wine region, yeah. but this yes. one it was yeah. strictly no wine. Yeah. That actually sounds no like a, a great name for an alternative band. Really bad yeah. mojitos. I like, I'm going to, I'm totally going to steal that. Totally going to steal that. What about is there um, is there much of a push for sort of hilltops and Canberra stuff in Sydney, or is it are you guys a little uh, secluded no, from that? Canberra's going really well. I mean, New South Wales wine and even the New South Wales government support the New South Wales wine industry really well. So right. they're doing they're organising lots of things like educating sommeliers, bringing them out to those regions. I think hilltops and like Tumbarumba are probably a little bit tricky because they don't have that. Um, you know, 
visitors. Like it doesn't have that no. tourism yet. Whereas yeah. when you go to the other places, there is a huge tourism element to it as well. So people, if they've been there or they've known people, people have gone there they kind of trusted a little bit more yeah um where it's like tumbarumba and hilltops amazing fruit and you know people from all around australia like seek out that fruit because it's so good and it's that beautiful oh, cool hilltops style. nebbiolo beautiful yeah like some of the best you'll, you'll find in australia easy yeah and you'll find like it's more like yeah the canberra base those guys all source fruit from those areas although i know mm. there's a few riverina producers that source tumbarumba fruit as well well, I mean, it, it for me, I'm a Canberra boy, so I sort of grew up in and around that and felt very lucky. But, you know, I don't stop off in Gundagai and go wine tasting very often. So. <laughs> you go through the chocolate box. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been past it a lot. But, I mean, there are some very good – I mean, so Nick Spencer's doing some bloody good booze from in and around those, you know. I guess it was – Spencer, pro- Ravensworth, oh, there's fantastic. Melaleuca, yeah. some trendy new, new uh, up-and-comers coming through as well. Yeah, and, and, and Hamish um, doing the Mater wines or Mater, oh, I don't know. So they're grouse. I, I think it's um, – I was actually talking to my friend. She's a winemaker. We actually make a wine together. Well, we're um, going to get onto I'll... that next, but yeah. <laughs> um, but we were talking about our first wine judging experience, and mine was I got invited to the Canberra Wine Show as a judge, and Nick Spencer and Hamish were my associate judges, and I just thought it was hilarious because they were so much, so much more well equipped to be a wine judge than me at that point. Now I think I could give them a run for their money, but at that point they would have been like, "Who is Amelia <laughs> <laughs> from Sydney? She could be my wine judge." <laughs> I'm sure they were gracious about it. I'm sure they were gracious, yeah, they were and I'm, I'm sure you're just being very hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, yeah, tell us about uh, what wine you actually, what booze you're slinging. Yeah. So um, my friend uh, Nadia Wallington, her best friend, she's a winemaker, and honestly, her family, um, the main reason I'm in wine. We grew up together, and it would be my house or her house, which is out at the winery. Um, and she's nice. got a beautiful winery called Charlu now. Um, but we, it was about 2019. We kind of. Of course, we had dinner. We had a few wines. I had been pestering her for a couple of months, and I was like, <laughs> we need to do this. We need to make a wine together. It's yeah. all about collaborations. Um, it has to be something quirky. Like, we weren't going to do Riesling or Chardonnay or Pinot. I was like, you do that. Oh. That's your specialty. Um, but my specialty is international varietals. So we started off with a Mouvet, yeah. um, nice. which is kind of made... I like to say it's made like a Pinot, so it's not like a really meaty Mouvedre or like also known as Matara and Barossa. Mm. Um, it's quite pretty and it's quite peppery and we always, mm. when we press it, we always smell mulberry and cloves every every year. And now we've um, made an Arnaise as well, so it's our second year making oh. Arnaise. And the big one, because she's quite a classic winemaker, she, like, she likes me because I push her out of her <laughs> comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I made, I was like, we have to make a skin contact wine. And she's like, oh, like, we thought a lot about it. She's like, do we and... really? <laughs> <laughs> but we made it in a style. Well, I framed it around Patrick Sullivan makes these amazing field blends from yep. Gippsland. Yep. And it's like Cab Sav, Sav Blanc, everything goes in this. I was like, we're doing this at beautiful, pretty, pure wines. And if it's in Newtown, it's a ro- it's a rosé. If it's in the city, it's a skin contact wine. Ah. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's honestly it's a bestseller. Like people love it. She's like, oh, I'm gonna make like more this year. And I was like, told you. <laughs> well, there is there is a part of me 
you know, because I, I, I love every kind of wine and I, you know, if it's made really well and it speaks to me, that's, and, and sometimes skin contact can speak places. Sometimes, sometimes it's not speaking about places, yeah. but there are a lot of people making con- skin contact, pet nats and stuff that I would say got lucky once or twice and then they're not really equipped to keep yeah. doing it. So it's kind of like, um, you know, it's hard. It's a hard sell out there in if you're not pouring it in really cool venues, isn't it? Really, because yeah. it's um, or if you're not in you know cool little Black Arts and Sparrows or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but and it, when we when I was like talking to the Wine List of the Year judges, they yeah. actually said they were really surprised at the skin contact. Um, you know, they used to be you used to do like a huge feature page of them if you wanted to be like a relevant wine list. Yeah. But they're really starting to shrink down now. I think maybe people right. are more going into that minimal intervention yeah. style and having less ambiguity. It's like if it's orange or, or sorry, skin contact, don't say it's orange orange wine. People do not like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it's also yeah. like it, who was telling me, Ian Riggs or someone was talking about he went into a bar somewhere and they poured him these wines and he was just like, I don't. You know, like I don't get them, um, and I, so I know some people get them and some people don't, but yeah. um, I find some fascinating kind of, you know, field blenders, that's a great thing, you know, where you're really just fermenting everything together. And we just had a guest on, Ewan, who was talking about Chateauneuf Department. What what people may not realise is by law you have to pick all the vineyard on the same day and co-ferment them and do all that stuff. Oh. It's really field blends, yeah. Mm. Especially I think now there's like a huge, huge push to sustainability and that yeah. sustainable yeah. story. So I think, and I think like at the beginning of that kind of like when rootstock was around, yeah. um, you know, they, they reached this new generation of wine drinkers who were really invested in sustainability, biodynamics, organics, mm. and people just wanted that, that part of the story when, when they wanted to drink wine. And it's almost like for me now, I'm like, okay, we need what's the next thing that we're going to do? Because we do have a new generation coming out and they are drinking less, which is great for your health. Yes. Uh, But we like to drink in moderation. But (laughs) it's like, how do we connect to this new consumer again? Yeah. Um, And I think, I think we owe the wine industry owes a lot to that kind of natural wine movement because of, because of that story that it got, uh, that story that got told. Yeah. 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 Um, So, Luella, we have a text line here, and one of our questioners has uh, text listeners rather has questioned you. (laughs) A question for you: Uh, What is this? This is Christopher, friend of the show. Says, "What is the most impressive wine that you have opened on a wine list in any of the restaurants you've worked at?" So that's a that's a pretty it's a pretty full on question. Um, So there's a few wines that leave an imprint. Um, Yeah. Although this is going to change because I've got Len Evans tutorial next week. Wow. I am yeah. a Len Evans scholar this year, so it'll, it'll probably change after this. But um, the first massive bottle I ever sold at Rockpool and Bridge was a 2004 Domaine de la Romani Conti Montrachet. Mm. And it was like $4,000. And I don't even remember anything about it. But I remember the lovely couple. I remember thinking it was amazing and delicious. And I'd, I'd pay 4K for a 2004 yeah. Montrachet today. Well, that's, I'd be I very know. happy with that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so cheap now. <laughs> um, and I think the other one was at Rockpool Bar and Grill. And it was when David Doyle was a part owner. So we oh, yeah. used to have his amazing cellar. 
And I think I was like having a bit of a moat. We used to have this little room there called the chapel where you would go to taste the wines or to camp, which I thought was hilarious, but it's called the chapel. <laughs> and um, I was having a bit of a moment and I was like, is this worth it? Like, I'm so stressed. Like, all this study, there's so much to learn. He came in and um, he ordered a 1998 Chateau Le Fleur. Mm. And he gave me a whole glass and he said, that's for you. And I just remember like being in this little wine chapel, drinking that wine. And I was like, oh, it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. Yes. Uh, Luella, you did moment. mention before that your your love's like, you love your international wines. Um, uh, do you do you have, you know, do you stock much for Pomerol? Uh, stock much what? Pomerol? Bordeaux? Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm a bit of a, I'm quite funny when it comes to my, if I list Bordeaux on like a larger list, mm-hmm. I like to have all the appellations. So I'll have like Boyac, Fenestep, Margot, because it's a real talking point for the sommeliers. Like I don't, I wouldn't list like, but I'll always have like one Pomerol, one Saint-Emilion Grand Cru, yes. maybe a little Saint-Emilion satellite. Um, but yeah, I think that especially like you've got to have those little talking points and be like, oh, it's Merlot dominant, but it's like this, la, la, la. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think Bordeaux, I, I think Bordeaux might be a sneaky assassin who's going to come through as like the affordable Burgundy again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It went really yeah. high and then now it's kind of dropping and I'm like, good, like good. Cause we need, like, I love Cabernet. I think Cabernet yeah. is one of, is one of the best varieties. Um, it's one of my favorite reds and I love how it expresses terroir. So, and it's exciting to see it's getting a little bit warmer in Bordeaux and how they're taking out Merlot and planting Cab Franc mm. mm-hmm. and the Cab, mm-hmm. like Shadow Angelus, that's another one, um, 2003 Shadow Angelus. Mm. Um, they, that's their secret. They use a really large portion of Cabernet Franc and they're so beautiful. They're lovely yeah. wines. And Love a cab bronc. Mm. What are you? What are you? What are you looking most forward to at the uh, Len Evans tutorial? Because that's one of Australia's most amazing kind of things. And congratulations on being a scholar, because that's Thank not easy you. to get into. What, what do you reckon <laughs> no, is going to be the most cool thing about that? Six years in the making. Yeah, um, you got to keep applying, don't you? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm really looking forward to. Well, obviously, you taste all the DRC vineyards mm. on the last day, on the Little. Friday, which is, I mean, I once in a lifetime opportunity. Yes, that really is. Um, I'm really looking forward to the masterclasses, though. Yeah. Um, they do, like, I know Tyson does the champagne masterclass, and Tyson's, you know, Tyson's daughter, he's just, his level of knowledge is insane. So I'm really looking forward to that. And just kind of looking forward to chatting about the future of the wine industry, to be honest, and, like, with, you know, the top minds, the top echelon um, of the wine industry, and just, you know, about that yeah and i think patrick's patrick walsh's he does a reasoning one these days doesn't he I think. yeah what a legend yeah. that man i love <laughs> he's one of the best portfolios in the country yeah well also just the old stories just ask him about his days at um walter's wine bar and some of the stories that he's got uh, <laughs> you know he's talking about well, bottle vi- about- sorry oh, sorry you go. well no he's, no just he's, he's just he's oh, you go sorry <laughs> I didn't realize he started Sommeliers Australia. Yeah, oh yeah, he's an amazing like, yeah. guy. Just such a such a lovely man. But you know, talking about bottle variation in early seventies, Romani Conti, because back in the days, that's what it was like. And people are like, "Who is this man?" <laughs> he's just <laughs> just an absolute treasure of the industry. 
he's amazing. Uh, well, good, hey, good luck on you. Just before we do actually close up, I do have to ask you, you're going to be in Fiji on uh, Champagne Day, but it is a big day for you. What will you try to seek out or even better, what would you for an Aussie who is in Sydney or one of your venues, what champagne do you think we should be putting on our list? Well, I'm actually, I'll be back at Rain's. I'll be at Rain for International Champagne Day on the Friday. Oh, it's it a nice little quick trip. Right. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, well, we've got about 11 different producers. Um, so just almost like benchmarking and going around and tasting the different cuvées. We've got truffle popcorn wandering around, yeah. um, little pronto. So I'm really looking forward to kind of, I think we've sold about 60 tickets already which is exciting so nice i'm just excited to hang out with everybody who loves champagne because i feel i find it's like you either really really love it i mean or you'll have a glass at a wedding um but when you meet those people who are really passionate about it there's definitely yeah. a different kind of buzz, buzz mm-hmm. in the room, which is really exciting sounds like fun enjoy your trip to fiji good luck on the len evans tutorial and thank you so much for joining us on a sunday morning especially after a big birthday party <laughs> luella matthews cheers <laughs> thanks guys. thanks luella